For those of you who have lost money, like millions overnight. For those of you who are or have been in personal debt. For those of you who have been at rock bottom, ready to give up. Get ready because it's gonna get a whole lot worse. And that's a great thing. This is Below Zero to Hero, a brain dump by The Fail Coach, helping entrepreneurs develop a healthy relationship with failure. Look, failure can't be feared. It's the number one killer of creativity, ideas, dreams, and even entrepreneurs themselves. And it's thought will never get in your way again. With the right mindset, failure can be step one into a new journey of being a better leader, having better balance, better relationships, and most importantly, success. So bring it on. This is Below Zero to Hero with The Fail Coach. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another podcast episode of Brain Dumb by The Fail Coach. We have Andrew today, uh, and we'll do a little bit of an interview with him. Uh, but uh, it's best for you, Andrew, to introduce yourself to the audience. So uh, welcome, and please tell us who you are, what you do. Hey, Miha. Glad to be here. I appreciate you having me on. I am Andrew Arnold, a fitness and mindset coach to business owners, really specifically. And what I do for them is really help them get the right systems in their life so that they can 10x their income and really be able to spend more time with the people that matter most to them. Okay, that sounds good. Uh, well, mm, can you tell me a little bit more why did you choose to work with entrepreneurs? What's so specific about business owners, entrepreneurs? Yeah, I really understand a lot of the struggles of prioritizing your health and fitness despite all of the all of the chaos that can be happening in their world, if that makes sense. So that really kind of attracted me to that type of person. And really just getting them really efficient and effective systems for their health so that they don't have to do all of the thinking so that I do that. And then they just have to execute and really create, just, you know, take action on the plan. So that, that's kind of why, why I was attracted to that type of person. One thing that was also on my mind was always, you know, like, can you do this kind of coaching? uh online i mean you know when you go to the gym and, and you have a personal trainer there he is next to you or she's next to you it shows you what you have to do it corrects you um how can you achieve that that level of uh um showing us entrepreneurs how to do things the right way yeah no that makes a lot of sense and that can be a really big hurdle in some ways for somebody to kind of understand the online fitness world. Um, and that, that to an extent is still not 100% perfect compared to in person. But a lot of what we do is actually there's very clear communication about how specific exercises should be done. And then there's also all, a whole video platform that backs that. So a lot of accountability in oh, this is what I should be feeling like, this is what it should look like. And so a lot of like checking yourself and kind of like balancing back and forth with, oh, this is how it's happening, this is where I should be feeling it, and then going from there, and then we adjust a little bit, obviously. 
Okay. One thing that just popped into my head, do you ever ask your clients to film themselves while they're doing whatever they have to do? And uh, do you perhaps then watch the videos and uh, tell them a specific uh, thing that they're doing wrong? Yeah, a, a big thing or what I've, what I've noticed most is that's not always the case. Sometimes that will happen if a client is concerned or if, it, if it's a more complicated uh, exercise that they're doing. But a lot of times it comes down to, hey, this is exactly where you should be feeling this exercise and you shouldn't be feeling it in your knees, for example, or in your lower back. So a lot of that can be kind of hashed out through conversation, but sometimes video is really helpful and something that I have done a little bit here and there, but it's not always something that I do is it's not always necessary. Okay, so I guess when we have to do the squats, we don't have to record ourselves and send that to you. Yeah, because sometimes that can be a bit of a pain, you know, a bit of like, oh, and I got to do this and and I got to do this as well. So eliminating the unnecessary pieces is what I really enjoy doing for them. But also if if it's a major concern and if they really are worried about it, we would do that quick. Okay, um, but okay, um, let's, let's start a little bit earlier. Like, what's your background? Well, how, how did you came across being health slash fitness coach to entrepreneurs? What happened before that? Great question. Sometimes it's really easy to forget our background. Um, so I appreciate you bringing that up. But um, my whole upbringing actually was really rooted within uh, gymnastics. So I, at literally the age of like 18 months, uh, it's like the earliest you can start at least around where I live. Um, And my sister just put me in classes like mom and tot classes. So from there, I just kind of fell in love with the sport and continued until I was like 17 years old. So I had about 15 years of just doing gymnastics, which is really all a lot of body weight movements. Um, obviously, you know, not, not a bunch of weightlifting, um, but a lot of body weight movements. And from there, I really just, I loved challenging myself and seeing the growth, not only physically, but mentally of, hey, how hard can I push myself to get to that next level? That kind of challenge is why I stayed in the sport for so long. And then kind of how that bridged was, well, when I, when I turned 18, I was like, oh man, like I, I, just didn't even realize it, but one of my friends was actually doing this online thing with fitness. And it's like, oh man, like you can coach parents or coach business owners or adults online with like all of this information that I already had. So that's that's kind of okay. a, a sneak peek into the journey. Okay. Um, do you prefer or let's uh, ask it this way so who is your ideal client okay we know that it's an entrepreneur or a business owner um is it a man or a woman is is he or she older or younger and are they super overweight or just fighting the last few pounds or where in the journey should they be hmm. yeah definitely so tends to be a lot more typical that I work with men, tends to be more of my target market. I have worked with women before, but definitely more men seems to be a little bit of a better mesh with me. And then 
definitely older, like not not super old, but I want to say between like 30 and 45 roughly age-wise. And then kind of where they're at with their health and fitness is a lot of them have some like like a good amount of discipline in place they they're they're not um you know super lazy people you know they're they're business owners so they have discipline they have structure in their life but they haven't successfully figured out a way to get a successful health system in their life that complements their business and complements their top priorities if that makes sense no makes sense but uh where where are they Weight-wise? Weight-wise, they, they aren't like super overweight. They're not obese. Uh, but they're kind of at a point where it's like, ah, how, how do I get these last, you know, 50, 60 pounds off? Sometimes it's 30. Sometimes it's a little bit less. But right around that point where they need to step up the intensity, but they don't exactly know how. And they also don't want to injure themselves, obviously. Okay. Um, well, one thing that comes to my mind is, you know, when, when you're overweight, um, you are really not fighting the logic within you. You are more fighting with the inner emotions. And then if we look on the other side, when you're a client and you're looking for a solution, um, okay, so yes, we look for, you know, who can get us to the point of our desire but we also love to connect with that person in a way where we see that they understand us. And have you ever had any problems or how do you manage? Because, you know, like since you were a toddler, you were uh, in sports and probably you never were 50 pounds overweight. Uh, so how do you breach that? Uh, or how do you get to that point that, you know, yes, I do understand what, what's going on inside of you? Yeah, no, really good question. The main thing that I have kind of noticed and been complimented on from either past clients or just accountability people in my life is kind of my ability to really listen to somebody and not to necessarily cut them off early but to really fully understand their problem. And in many ways, it's unique to the individual, but also at the same time, it can be, oh, I, I have heard that before. I understand where you're at. You know, my past client was there as well. So a very large aspect of it, and correct me if I'm answering the question a little bit wrong, but a really large aspect of it is, I really take the time to listen to my clients or my prospects' problems. And I don't just instantly offer them a solution like, oh, you just have to do this and it'll all be perfect. But I really take time to understand kind of the emotional struggles, the the mental hurdles that they have to get past, and, and understanding kind of their past failures or past challenges with getting rid of this weight. Because pretty much always people have baggage when they come to me from past experiences. So really taking the time to understand their past failures, to, to validate those as, no, it, it is a tough journey. It can be challenging. And then from there, building their confidence up to a point to where they can fully believe that they can shed the last 50 pounds, the last 30 pounds, wherever they're at, 
and to do it in a sustainable way. Oh, that that's a good one, sustainable way. So um, can you perhaps share maybe something uh, that our audience can take away? Uh, because yes, one thing is to, you know, you go on a diet, you lose the 50 pounds, bam, you can do that pretty quickly. But a lot of times people just gain them back and, and gain even more back than what they started with. So um, how do you make a system that's sustainable? I mean, you, you can like give us one example or if there's a specific system, like just how could somebody achieve that? Yeah, no, great question. I actually recently, I think the best way to answer this in some ways, I actually recently wrote an article on LinkedIn about how to make a long-term shift. And you're kind of bringing my mind back to that place, which I wrote about last week. And what I think is most important, and a lot of times people skip this step, is you really shouldn't be changing more than one thing at a time. And so what I mean by that is there's essentially four main areas of health. There is mindset, there's movement, there's food as fuel or your nutrition, and then there's like sleep. And if one of those is completely out of whack, they affect the others. And if one of them's going really well, equally as much, they affect the others and really make it a lot easier. So what I do with those is really understand where the person's at. And then, or you could kind of just evaluate, oh man, like I can't believe my movement's been so off for so long and I really need to make a change. And so that would be the main focus. So you would pick maybe two habits at most or two action steps that you want to implement within movement and you don't focus on both at the same time, you just focus on one. And the point of doing that is to really build up your confidence in, wow, I'm taking action, I'm doing this, I'm seeing results, and I'm not overwhelming myself. Like this habit, I could keep doing for a long time. So there's also that kind of peace of mind knowing that you're not stealing so much time away from your business, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So uh, a question from these four pillars sleep, mindset, food, and movement, um, would you be able to say which one we should prioritize first? I mean, which one of these four is, in your opinion, most important? Is it sleep? Is it mindset? Is it movement that gets the others up and running as well, uh, almost like simultaneously without even you know too much thinking about it. Yeah, I think that it in many in many ways that can be personalized to the person, but also what I've seen a pattern of is movement really makes a large impact. And we all know that mindset's a huge deal. So in some ways it goes right along with movement, but when we start actually taking action quite literally and moving our body, there's like a chemistry makeup or a chemistry change of like, oh man, like I'm doing something like, and I, and I feel good about it. And it's a very like obvious action step and habit change that kind of proves to ourselves that we are taking action. We are making a change. And like, 
look at the results. And so from there, it can really create a really positive snowball effect. Um, so for some others, it's food. But in my experience, movement has been a really powerful first one to focus on. You, you know what? I mean, you, you know, and, and my audience also knows that I've been fighting with being overweight all my life. And uh, in the past two years, I already lost about 120, 130 pounds. I still have like 50 or so to lose. Uh, you know, which one was the biggest, had the biggest impact for me? Sleep. Hmm. Because when I went to sleep early, and I invested heavily in, in a really, really quality bed. Um, I woke up early. I woke up well rested. You know, like before, uh, when I would wake up, it was, um, you know, almost like, oh, I don't want to get out of bed. But then if I do the sleeping correctly, so the first thing is for me to sleep to have a quality sleep, I must not eat a few hours before going to bed. Alcohol also doesn't really help. So no drinking, no eating, at least a few hours prior to sleep. Then I will sleep well and I will wake up well rested. What happens next is I'm not, you know, too late. I'm actually, I actually wake up before I need to start doing something. So I don't switch to an autopilot. You know, when you wake up too late and then, oh, shit, I have to, you know, um, now run around. And, and you switch on to aut autopilot and you forget, you know, oh, but if you wake up early, oh, I can make myself, you know, some homemade porridge. I can make myself a green smoothie. And so, like, for me, everything came out of sleep. Um, I was, I had to eat a little bit healthier or a little bit less because before that I was used to eating super late. So I had to switch that. Um, I had to cut out all the beers and I really do love the beer. Um, and, and then also I started my day correctly without that hectic and without, you know, switching on to autopilot. And then I had time for movement. I had time for healthier eating options, and, and all of that. So for me, it most definitely, um, everything came from sleep. Yeah. No, and that makes a lot of sense, I, especially with um, like stress in the sense of if you're waking up late, if you're going to bed late, if you're constantly on the run, you have zero time to think about anything else except for that next thing on your day, the next thing on your calendar. And so if you can adjust your sleep, and get started with a fresh start, that's a huge deal. So really depending on where the individual is at, if they really are like, you know, in some ways on the brink of like complete overwhelm or complete frustration, sleep might be the first thing to look at for them because it's going to lower their stress. It's going to give them way more energy for the day. And then they can start to think about the other things. So that makes a lot of sense. Um. Okay, in the beginning of this interview, somehow I don't know why. I mean, I know what you do. I just focused on the on the um, training part, but there's much more to what you do. You you help entrepreneurs in all four four pillars, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so um, okay, for the fitness part, we have the general idea. Uh, what about the eating part? Yeah, so I mean the first piece that is 
very, very funny even to mention sometimes, but it's simply just kind of awareness. It's like, man, I, I don't even really know what I eat right now, Andrew. And so they're coming to me, depending on the person, but coming to me and saying, like, well, I think I eat pretty healthy, but I actually don't really know. Or sometimes people are like, oh, yeah, I eat terrible. I just don't know what I'm eating. So the first thing is really just becoming aware about what you're actually putting in your body. And then that alone stems so much change within itself. And the cool part about that is we're not even trying to change anything. We're just becoming aware. And so it's an easy action step. It's an easy, easy step for them to take. And then as a result, they start shifting their behaviors because they become aware. And it's like, oh, man, I, I can't believe I was doing this bad in it. I better do something about it. And so it becomes very motivating to make a change because they kind of have like hard data in front of them, especially for business owners, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You switch on the autopilot and you just grab something. You, you're not even aware what you're eating or that you are eating at all. And, and you, you just go throughout the day. And, and then at the end of the day, you might say, oh, have I even eaten today? Uh, yeah. But yeah, in reality, you have and you, you ate uh, loads of crap, not even good food. Um, and you're not even aware of that. Um, yeah, that, that was another thing that helped me. Uh, and I don't know why I stopped doing that. I'm, I need to find that notebook and just start using it again. Um, so uh, I, I saw in one book that you should carry a food journal with you. And before you order something or before you buy something in the store, you have to write it down. And, and just that action where, oh, it's not only in my head. I, it's not I can forget about it five minutes later. It's something that I need to write down. It will stay there on the piece of paper that made me make much better food choices. You know, I would go to the restaurant and I was like, oh my God, I so want pizza today. And then I was like, oh, uh, food journal. And I opened it and I was like, you know, almost writing down pizza. But then I was like, hmm, maybe I can do a salad today. I'll have pizza some other day. And I was making much better choices just, just because I had to write them down yeah. and be aware of what I eat. No, it's, it's amazing what we do just naturally when we have the right information in front of us. Um, do you have any other simple hacks or tips and tricks uh, regarding food? Um, I, or what's your opinion? I, like online, there's a lot of debate, you know, how important is fitness? How important is food? Um, many say that when it comes to weight loss or healthy lifestyle, 80% is food, 20% is the movement. Like, what, what's your opinion on that? Yeah, no, I mean, there's within any other industry as well, but maybe even more so with health and fitness, there's about a million different opinions. And kind of the funny thing is, in many ways, they're all right because they've probably worked for one individual. Um, so it's so then it gets put out there like, oh, this worked for me and you should do it too. And then it becomes a mass movement and it works for some people, doesn't work for others. But anyways, to answer your question, I, food, is, food is such a huge impact on how we feel, um, you know, like literally like the, the – um, makeup of our body, like um, like chemicals, everything. It really makes a huge impact. So specifically with 
movement then on that piece, it's a lot more of a confidence booster in my opinion, and obviously gaining muscle, which makes a large impact, but I don't even know if I could pick one that's better than the other. Um, they both serve very different purposes, and it really depends on when you combine them together, you get the best possible end result, if that makes sense. No, that makes perfect sense. The balance between the two. Um, are there any simple hacks or tricks, whether uh, about food, whether about fitness or both, um, that you can share with the audience? Maybe, you know, like something they can start doing today or tomorrow uh, that can make an impact on their life and they can see some results within, I don't know, a week or two or three? No, great question. I mean, first thing that comes to mind is it's so easy to not drink enough water. Uh, a lot of times if any, any of your audience saw me in person, they'd see me with literally just like a gallon jug of water that I carry around. Not all the time, but many times I have that with me and it's visible. Like I see it all the time, whether I'm sitting down working, whether I'm, you know, walking somewhere, whatever it is, I always have a water bottle, many times a gallon jug with me, because one, if I see it, I'm going to drink it a lot more. And then two, it gives me a good kind of way to track how much water I've taken in for the day. So I start it and it's full or sometimes it's halfway. And so I just kind of see like, oh, that's kind of how much I've drank today. And so I just drink a lot more because I just see it. And that alone is going to boost your energy. It's going to give you way better sleep. You're going to like dilute all of the other things you might be drinking, whether it's coffee or alcohol or anything else. Water is so important. And so that's a, a nice simple hack that I definitely recommend for everybody. And then on the fitness sense, I recommend people, if, if you're, if you're um, overwhelmed with starting a fitness program, you should just start moving like 60 seconds, two minutes a day. Start doing sit-ups. Start doing some push-ups with your hands on the bed. Um, and just start building, building, the, building your blocks, you know, like starting from ground one. And just within a week, you'll start to feel better. You're maybe not going to be 10 pounds lighter, but that's not the goal step one. Goal step one is to really get your confidence back to a place and just put little action steps into place so that you can then branch out and do something bigger. Okay. Um, let me tackle a little bit the mindset. Um, nowadays, a lot of us are this so-called um, laptop entrepreneurs. We work from home. We work from remote uh, places or, uh, you know, from coffee shops and so on. And it's so easy to, you know, be, uh, you wake up in your pajamas and, and, and you carry uh, the whole day in the pajama. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's, it's really hard, especially if, you know, the weather is not nice or something like that to, go and do some movement. Um, and I'm sure that's more or less a mindset thing. I mean, uh, I don't know how you see it, but do you have any trick how to, you know, when we don't feel like it, how to push ourselves to do at least a little bit of movement, uh, five minutes or three minutes or anything, 
um, on a daily basis. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it is definitely a mindset issue. It's definitely a like, oh, well, I like, I don't even feel like it. And so then we make decisions based on that. And how do I get my, how do I get myself to a point to where I'm excited to actually go work out, especially when I am kind of cozy in my pajamas or all comfortable working on my laptop, for which a lot of entrepreneurs are nowadays. Um, but I mean, the biggest thing is it depends on the person to an extent, but biggest thing is you should get yourself out of the environment just a little bit, even if it's a different room in your house. Maybe you do drive to a gym. Maybe you are just doing something a little bit different so that you can switch your focus, essentially. A switch of scenery can be a really good switch of focus for you. And so it's you can have a simple alarm on your phone for accountability, obviously hiring a coach for more intense accountability, but get out of that specific spot that you're in that you're working so so much and go into a different room and just say I'm only going to go in there for like two minutes and that's it and then when you go there you'll start moving you'll start working out and then you might want to stay in there for longer because you'll actually be like oh this is great because the hardest thing is just getting started just making that initial decision to move to get up and go to the next place or whatever it is um, yeah, that's that's always the hardest. Like once you are in motion, it's it's easier and easier. But to just find that motivation to start uh, is the hardest. So um, I mean, you know, I'm a coach uh, to entrepreneurs, and I talk a lot with them, and we don't discuss just the business topics. And I hear this very often. Like they know why they would, you know, introduce healthy lifestyle. They know. They have all the logical reasons why they need to lose a few pounds, why even if they don't need to lose a few pounds, but why some movement would be okay, uh, why uh, eating healthier food would be okay. But uh, they can't seem to start. Uh, so I'm, I'm sure you probably have a lot of experience uh, in your line of work with entrepreneurs that they might be uh, going through the same struggle. Uh, can you perhaps share uh, a, a, an idea or a few ideas like how to get that ball rolling, how to do that first step uh, for the first few days until you know uh, it becomes a habit to start moving or to start eating healthier? Yeah. No, getting an initial jump start is is many times what I call it can be really difficult and also can be pretty simple when you just have a couple action steps to take. And so what I do with everybody first is we kind of look out a little bit into the future whether it's 12 months or or 6 months even or sometimes it's like 2 or 3 years. Whatever makes the most sense for your whoever's listening right now, pick one of those timelines and just kind of map out in your head. And if writing it down is also super important, just like you mentioned with the food journal, when we write it down, it becomes really real and we start to think about it a lot deeper. So if you map out like 12 months, start to start to think about, well, if if I if I don't start moving today, if I don't start introducing health and fitness, and if I don't start prioritizing this now. And I wait 12 months, I wait two years, what's that really going to be like? 
Is it is it really going to benefit my business? Is it going to be easier to start in a year from today? And allow yourself to experience a little bit of pain because that's going to motivate you to an extent. And just it's a really real conversation. It's not it's not like a oh, I'm going to make myself feel so bad that I'm going to take action today. But be real and be objective about what actually could happen if you wait so long. And then on the flip side, you should write out in 12 months from today, if I, if I do choose to introduce this, if I am living a healthy lifestyle and I just start taking small action steps, how much energy am I going to have in 12 months from today? How much are my top priorities going to be more fun, like more energy to do them, more time to do them, if I start implementing this health system or this health thing, you know? And those two poles of the the polar opposite of, well, the benefit of doing it and the not-so-benefit of not doing it or the consequence of waiting can really jumpstart you into a new habit pretty much with anything, but that's what I do with health and fitness a lot of times. And that's what I recommend to people if they really want to get real with themselves in a very honest way. Not a, not a manipulative way, but honest. Um, one thing that I see often, and again, not just in the healthy lifestyle thing, but in, in general with uh, people, is that you know we often say, um, I don't know, I will right now prioritize my business until I get that first big agreement, and then I will start working on my health. And then that first agreement comes and then there's another thing that, you know, we need to wait before and then we will start. And, and this game of um, chasing something out there and uh, waiting for that to happen before we will, you know, start with whatever we know we need to start ASAP um, is, is quite common thing. And I'm sure you probably... Uh, deal with this often as well with with your clients or with your prospects um, and I'm just wondering like what advice could you give people on that if they are in that kind of mindset yeah no I mean it's it's a really like that's a real conversation it's not like some lame excuse in many ways because you do want to continue to grow your business. That is something that is so important. It gives you the money to live the lifestyle you want. It gives you the time that you don't have to be working at a job. And it can give you time to unplug, be with your family, just be with whoever matters most with most to you, essentially. So you're always going to want to be growing that. And that's a good thing. That's a positive thing. I don't ever make that a negative thing because I totally understand that. I'm an entrepreneur as well. I'm a business owner, and I'll always be searching for ways to grow my reach, grow my impact, and grow my business because that is a fun challenge, and I love supporting people. Kind of the twist on that is if I continue to grow my impact, if I continue to grow my reach, and I don't master my personal discipline, how much can I really give of myself, or how much am I going to enjoy that next level? of success or of reach or of clientele, whatever that next thing is. Am I really going to be able to do it to the best of my ability? And also, am I going to have enough energy for that whole next level if I don't take care of my health? 
So that's yeah. that's kind of what I would have people think about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Now, um, to slowly um, wrap this up, um, we still have one more pillar to dive a little bit into, which is sleep. And um, maybe, you know, what are some general things about sleep and maybe some tips and tricks when it comes to sleep, a better sleep, healthier sleep uh, that you would recommend to the audience? Yeah, no, sleep is huge. And like you mentioned, it is. It can be a, a make or break for business owners. Um, I mean, the main things that I – well, actually, a great book recommendation is the um, – I'm trying to, man, I, I got to think of it for a second. Perfect Day Formula by Craig Ballantyne. Um, he really has really awesome suggestions based on, and just coaching based on sleep and getting up earlier and a lot of productivity tips. But one thing that I really like about his book and what really impacted my sleep was getting a very, very clear wake up time marked out seven days of the week at least for the first month, make it every single day. And when we do that, we understand that if we go to bed too late, we're going to be missing out on sleep. Because a lot of times, depending on how your business is structured, we have the freedom to kind of, I can sleep in a little bit and it's going to be okay, and then I can start on this, depending on how your business is structured, obviously. But if we create a very clear wake-up time and say, no, I'm waking up at this time every single day, and then we set our alarm far away from our bed, which is very important to do. Otherwise, it's not a real action step. Then we force ourselves to go to bed earlier because it's, I only get this much sleep. That's my wake-up time, so I better be in bed by 10 or by 10.30. That's kind of what my, my life is structured like. So that's a, that's a big thing that um, is easy to implement and makes a, a really big instant change. Okay. Um have you ever heard of polyphasic sleeping? I believe so. Uh, I mean, that's something that I practice and, and it's really uh, works super nice for me. But I was just wondering if you have any uh, in other information or more information on it because I really don't have too much information. It just kind of works better for me because I I saw through studying my own uh, biorhythm that, you know, usually in the afternoon time, uh, I discharge a lot of my energy and it really helps me to make, uh, uh, a shorter sleep, um, and then recharge. And then it's almost like waking up again and having this whole new day, uh, and, uh, then going to sleep. And so sleeping in two, two, uh, parts not not in one go uh but i was just wondering if you have a you know any more information on that or maybe any good tips or tricks for that as well yeah i mean adjusting specifically which i think i, I think i'm understanding correctly adjusting your wake-up time slightly based on um like your actual you know phases of sleep or the sleep cycle that you go through um, can be very important to do if, if you're setting your wake-up time for 5.30 and you seem to be going to bed around 10 every day but you're tired every single morning, you're going to want to adjust your wake-up time slightly or adjust your bedtime um, to where it's like, ah, eh, like 5.15 or 5 might actually be better because I'm not in deep sleep by then. 
Okay, yeah, that's another one. Yes, yes. Now, the, the polyphasic sleeping that I was talking about is where you don't sleep in one in one part. So one time, seven to eight hours, but you divide that. Some people do it like three times within the 24 hours. Some people do it twice. It okay. really depends. Um, I do it twice. So I, I have two parts sleeping within the 24 hours. Uh-huh. Okay. No, no, I, I actually have read on that. It's been a little while, but I do remember reading um, somebody's, somebody's blog about them testing that a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, I personally definitely find, and for my clients, that it's best to do a long spurt and get like a full refresh. Um, there's obviously been people who have been quite successful with breaking up their sleep a little bit more. Um, but I think very important to get a full sleep cycle in no matter what, which is roughly depending on the person, like 120 minutes roughly, um, for like an entire sleep cycle to happen. But yeah, I, I have heard of that and I haven't dove into too much research my own personal coaching and what I do is one long spurt and then sometimes like a 20-minute nap um, later in the day or mid-afternoon. Okay, okay, cool. Um, well, Andrew, uh, we've gone already 40 minutes, so uh, I think it's time to slowly wrap it up. Um, is there any final thoughts? I mean, I'm going to include your your links into the show notes so that people can contact you they can find you they can reach out to you uh, maybe how you do you work with people do you work with them one-on-one -on -one? do you have group coaching uh, what's your way of working with people and any final thoughts uh, on the whole healthy lifestyle um, topic yeah no, I mean, yeah, so I do like weekly trainings um, in one of my Facebook groups for people who are interested in really getting a great start on Monday morning. Um, and then specifically with my coaching, it is all one-on-one, -on -one, uh, very personalized in the sense that I really want to make sure that I fully understand your top priorities. I want to make sure that I'm really understanding where you're coming from, your past failures, your past challenges, and Build you a system that's going to work for your life long term, not just a short term fix, but something that you can really feel confident in in the beginning steps and also not feel overwhelmed like it's taking over your business or taking over your family to do this healthy thing because it shouldn't be like that. So that's that's kind of my, my method or a little bit of a, a snapshot of how I do coaching. Um, but yeah, it's been awesome to be on. I really like talking about this stuff and I appreciate being here. Okay, well, um, yeah, thank you. I think we shared, I mean, you shared quite a few valuable tips and tricks. Now, for the final question, if they don't take anything else from this interview, what would you suggest would be the one thing that they can implement starting today and that will create some sort of results for them on a short run? Yeah. No, I mean, if it's, if it's just one thing that I had to pick, I would say the number one thing and what I see most often is just start drinking more water. Like, start drinking more water. You'll feel way better, and it's definitely going to be boosting your energy up a lot higher. And I just see so many people, including myself, 
not doing that sometimes, and the effects are, are pretty ugly. Okay. Uh, what, what are some of the effects? Um, I would say like the biggest thing is just going throughout your day, you, you lose energy a lot quicker. Um, your, your sleep does not, it's not, you don't get as well rested. Um, when you do exercise or do any form of movement, you're winded quicker. And just overall, like your body is kind of like a sponge is maybe a good way to think about it. And when you drink enough water, there's enough in you to do everything that you're supposed to be doing. But when you don't, you become pretty useless. You know, like a sponge without water, it, it, it doesn't do very much. But okay. when we drink enough water, we're good. Okay, that, that's a good one. That's a good one. Well, Andrew, thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for sharing all this valuable advice. Um, and yeah, I, I really appreciate you for, for being here and sharing your expertise with, uh, our entrepreneurial audience. Definitely. I appreciate being here. Thanks, Miha. Take care.